Welcome to the Slay the Giant podcast. In this podcast, you will learn, you will grow, you will laugh. This podcast will transform and change your life. Get ready to slay your giants and conquer your fears. Slay the Giant podcast is here for you. So listen up and learn. Let's go. Welcome back to the Slay the Giant podcast. And we're in part two of our conversation regarding millennials. And I know that you have been blessed and I know that you have heard a lot that has challenged you and that may make you think and process differently when working with and, you know, trying to minister to this generation of millennials. This work is not easy. I'm not going to even lie. Um, It's been a challenge, but it's been such a growth process for me. And I've learned so much from the millennials that I've worked with. I've been challenged by conversations with them. Um, I've been challenged by, you know, their walk and their journey and and, and just working with, um, you know, how to really reach them um, and us, you know, because I'm a part of it. Um, I'm a part of the culture. So I try to pay attention to trends and I try to pay, pay attention to what's going on in ministries around our country relating to millennials. I pay attention to um, the songs they're listening to, um, you know, the, the conversation. So, you know, when I'm preaching, it, it things come out because I'm able to minister to them and challenge them in ways um, that directly relate to things that they're seeing on, whether it's Instagram or whether it's Snapchat or TikTok, whatever it is, I try to be relevant and engage with them because I want to be able to respond to what they're seeing. And sometimes the world, um, you know, can offer them so many things to say, oh, this is a part of the Christian faith, or you, you can be a Christian and still do, do this, or, you know, be a part of this group. Or And, you know, sometimes we just have to be open and willing to answer those questions and be honest with them and say, hey, that's not biblical. That's not in scripture. Or, you know, this is something that, you know, you may have grown up not believing or being a part of, or, you know, and you may have felt like this was a sin, but let's go to the word of God and let's explain it. Let's rightly divide it so that you can have a full understanding of what scripture says about what you're being told not to do. And I think that's one of the major challenges is, you know, Millennials will question leadership. Millennials will ask those hard questions that we have to have answers to. Um, And if we um, don't have the answers, we have to be able to lead them to the people who do have the answers. So it's very important for millennials to feel seen, and I've said that, and to feel like they've been heard, um, and to feel connected to what we are offering and what we're giving beyond Sunday morning. They want to know that you are responding to their questions. And so I mentioned some of the events that we've had. Um, They want to know what does their church think about some of the social justice issues? They want you to speak up. They want you to speak truth to power. They don't want you to just uh, allow, you know, these things to happen and you not have a say on it. They want to know what is their church's stance on what's happening in our nation regarding um, black lives. They want to know what's happening or what our church beliefs, you know, are in, you know, relating to topics that, you know, are political Um, They want to know what we believe and they want to know that what they're connected to aligns with their beliefs. Now, I know this is a big job, you know, really ministering to millennials, but I believe that it's challenging but rewarding at the same time because when we reach them, when we make those connections, you'll see that they have so much wisdom to offer. They, they, They have so much to offer us in the way we think. They challenge us to think about what we learned in the past and what we just became accustomed to being okay. And they, they, they can teach us a thing or two 
relating and regarding to ministry. So let's pick back up where we left off. Um, and this is a, a, an important topic, um, talking about how to engage millennials post-pandemic. One of the ways that we're going to engage millennials post-pandemic is online ministry. Newsflash, millennials may not show up to your Sunday morning experience. They may not show up to your Wednesday night experience, you know, but they still feel a connection to the local church through your online ministry. And a lot of churches struggled with this during the pandemic. You know, I saw small churches do this really well. I saw small churches not so well. I saw large churches do this really well. And I saw large churches do this not so well. And, you know, you can decide, well, they just need to show up and that's how it's going to be. But you have to recognize the, the age and the group of people that you are ministering to. This is a group of people who, you know, have the hashtag secure the bag. This is a group of people who um, may have multiple different things that they're involved in. They may be traveling for work. They may be doing different things um, and they may not be able to show up to your Sunday morning experience, but they make the connection to your church, um, whether it's on Sunday or Monday on their way to work, whether it's, um, you know, on Saturday, they understand that being connected to the local church may not be on Sunday. It may be on a day where they can fully commit to um, making it a Sabbath and completely, you know, putting away everything else. You have to recognize that you have to maintain that online ministry, whether it was via Zoom and you just streamed it, whether it was via Facebook Live or YouTube or whatever you streamed your services, it's important for you to maintain that. And when you stream, connect with those who are streaming. What do I mean by connect? There should be someone responsible to connect with your e-church, your e-campus people. Somebody, you can get a millennial to do it even. I mean, they can, you know, type out what the sermon is about or type out the scriptures that the preacher is saying or say hello to the people who are listening and watching. Make that connection online with them. Let them know that there's a live person on the other side that is wanting to connect with them. One of the things I loved about TDJ's ministry, and this is not something that everyone can duplicate. We don't do it, but it's really awesome that he was able to do it. But I saw that um, when the building was closed, they would have a live audience behind them via Zoom and the live audience would watch as, so it was almost like, you know, he had that community, that church community watching while they were in service. You know, you may not be able to do that, but maybe it is that you are having that person connect with people online and putting things in a chat. If you're using Zoom, have somebody be responsible for keeping the, the attention of folks um, while they are on online. You know, it's important for you to have that inter interaction, that connection, and have a way for them to online give because millennials have jobs, okay? Millennials have jobs and they are willing to give once they understand, you know, the, the importance of generosity and the importance of being generous to people, to the community. When they see that their, their church gives to missions and gives to different community projects, they want to be a part of that. And so you give them that opportunity online to give, whether it's uh, Cash App, Venmo, give them as many opportunities to give as possible because you want to engage them in that way. What I am saying is 
Don't put your ministry in a box because it's important for you to reach millennials wherever they are. And just because your philosophy is, you know, you need to physically be in a building doesn't mean that the millennials that you serve also feel that way. And maybe they work on Sundays. Maybe um, maybe they have other commitments and different things that they need to um, attend to. And you, as the church, we have to get out of the four walls and spread the gospel. Um, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Recognize also that you may be engaging millennials outside of your state. You may be engaging millennials in Africa, in India, in the UK. Don't put your ministry in a box. You may be ministering to people all over the nation. And by saying you have to physically be in the building may uh, lend itself to you losing some people who would connect to your ministry online. You got to engage them online and you have to find ways to to, to even create community around that. One of the things that I thought was so fun that we did this weekend was we did a game night. It was supposed to be a movie night, but that's okay. Turned into a game night, but we were able to interact. When you do things like that with your online ministry, you have a way to make that connection. Um, I have seen in the in the past couple of years that people have even hired, you know, e-campus leaders or e-church leaders to facilitate that ministry. And that is their sole job. That's the only thing they do is to connect to people during the week, you know, praying with people, having a number that they can call to pray with them, having um, a, a person that they can directly make access to via online. This is all important to engage millennials in your church, whether it's Sunday morning or whenever you have your services. Um, it's very important that you have some type of online ministry where they can um, connect to you. And it's also important that you maintain a website that is updated where they can have access to your dates, where they can have access to what your church is doing, how they're leading, um, you know, the different events coming up that they could be involved in. They want to volunteer. They want to be active. Um, so you have to be able to pr promote those things online. It has to be a way for them to access it uh, at their fingertips. Um, and they have to be able to, you know, know that this is a place where I can always get this information um, regarding what's going on in the church. Next thing is very important, very, very, very important. Get them active and take their leadership abilities seriously. Millennials want to be involved in church. They want to be actively involved, but they want you to take what they know and what they're doing seriously. They want to know that you value what they're doing. And it's not just, you know, oh, we're going to put you here because we want people to see that millennials are in our church. No, they want to sit at the table. They want to be able to say, you know, this is, um, they want to be able to say certain things, you know, relating to the church. They have um, thoughts. They have um, abilities. They have gifting. They have talents, strategies. Some of them work in um, corporate America, and they can bring their tools and skills and resources to the local church, but they want to be heard when they are at the table. They want to be valued when they do have a seat at the table. Maybe, you know, you work in a certain part of the ministry and this individual went to school for that, you know, particular part of the ministry. Be okay with saying, hey, can you show me X, Y, and Z? Can you show me how to do this? Can you show me a way, you know, to make this more efficient, to make this better? Um, one of the challenges 
that millennials face when trying to be actively involved in ministry is that some people have territory and they have certain roles that they've been in and they've been in that position. And we value people who've been in the position for a long time, but we also have to be open to saying, hey, what tools and resources can I learn or glean from that I can add to them? And guess what? As a person who's been in a position for a long time, there's things that I can add to them too. There's things that I can show them. There's things that, you know, I can pour into them so that they can function and operate in a way. Maybe there's some character development. Maybe there's some technical skills they can give me, but I need to show them good character. I need to show them strategies in the word of God. But we have to allow those relationships to be built and be okay with young adults having different ideas, different ways of going about doing things, different ways of handling themselves and being comfortable with change and being comfortable with thinking differently, being comfortable with, you know, some of the things that may make your Sunday morning experience better or a ministry better, be okay with saying, hey, this millennial may have an idea that I don't have. It's important to recognize that. Um, and I think it's just good to hear and, and hear from other people, hear what a different perspective about what you may be doing. Um, you know, I think one of the, the greatest things that we um, implemented, and this is pre-pandemic, so it's something that we probably have to visit, revisit as a church, is my dad, you know, asked every leader to think of their um, assistant. Think of the person who you want to assist you in the ministry. Think of that person and consider millennials, consider the next generation, because, you know, they have the ability to, you know, be a valuable part of the ministry, to, to do things, to be a part of what you are doing to be a part of the vision. They want to feel like they are a part of what you're saying because this is a generation that didn't sit at the children's table. This is a generation that sat at the table with the adults where they were able to contribute to conversations. You asked them for their opinions. Um, I was talking to one of my close friends and she was saying how she read an article about millennials and all of these things negative that they were saying about millennials, how millennials are entitled and millennials don't want to work for nothing. And millennials, you know, they're, they're not staying in jobs for 30 years. Well, no, um, it's because of the way we were raised. And it was because of the way the people who raised us trained us. And because of that, you now have a different type of leader, but it's not all bad. This is a leader that you can teach, you can mold, but also be willing to grow and learn from them. All right, next one is make the word applicable to their life, to the work that they do. They want to know that the word of God can teach them how to deal with their coworker who is frustrating them. They want to know how the word of God can assist them in pursuing dreams. And they want to know how the word of God can be active in every day life. And I know that I mentioned this before. Um, they want to know the tools that are needed to survive, the tools that are needed to function as a believer in the body of Christ. Moses, what's in your hand? They want to know what things, you know, what giftings lie within me? What, what things can be birthed out through the local ministry? They want to know, um, is my voice being heard? Am I able to teach? Am I able to talk? Am I able to, to lead in these different ways? Esther, had the ability to speak before the king. She knew what would happen, but she spoke anyway because she knew the lies. This generation, she knew the lies that she would need to rescue. Uh, this generation has no problem with speaking up. 
we are protesters. This is a protest era. Um, we will um, do what we need to do. This is a screenshot era. This is the era where we will record in a minute, okay? Um, we will record something and share it to the world in a heartbeat, no problem. Um, and so it's it's very important that you recognize what this generation represents and um, how, how to engage with them. Another thing to think about is giving tools to interpret culture. Now, this came directly from um, the, the Barna research, um, which it says five, five reasons millennials stay connected to church. Um, and here's the thing. There's so many things that society says is okay. Like this word that had been going all over the internet that I addressed um, in one of my latest, most recent sermons, um, where I talked about this word manifestation. You know, you got to manifest this dream and manifest that. And I told the people of God, I said, the only way you're going to manifest is through the power of the Holy Spirit and God leading you and directing you. It's not a matter of thinking things into being. And yes, we can pray. We can ask the Lord, um, you know, how to direct us, how to lead us. But it's more than just manifestation. It's working and doing the will of God and obedient and being obedient to his word and knowing the voice of God. And those things don't just come through um, quoting or just manifesting. It comes through, you know, talking to God and really engaging in the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, a big discussion that came up over the course of the last year was um, Enneagrams. Anyone thought about or, you know, did that. And um, I had questions about it too, because I wasn't sure about it. And then after some studying and, and recognizing, oh, okay, this is like one of the psychology tests, you know, that people take uh, nowadays, personality tests. Obviously, um, you know, our number one source is the word of God. Um, but you, you recognize that all of these different things that the world says is okay, we have to rightly divide it according to scripture. Horoscopes, this became a big deal because I think over the course of the last two years, people are really wondering what in the world is happening. This is a whole pandemic. We're dealing with knowing whether to take the vaccination, knowing what, whether to take the vaccination. People are losing jobs. There's so much calamity in the country, even across the world. Um, they're trying to get answers for some of the life's problems. And we have to, as millennial leaders, millennial pastors, be able to interpret culture. What is right? What is Christian? What is our belief system? And what don't we engage in? I told this story recently about how I was sharing a dream with a coworker, colleague, just, I knew what it meant, sharing a dream, but someone was in earshot of my conversation and said, hey, if you give me $40, I can give you a psychic reading. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't need no psychic reading because I have the Holy Spirit who can guide me, lead me, and tell me what the, this dream is interpreted as. And he's already given me the interpretation. So I don't need that. However, recognize that these things are out there. And there, there are opportunities for millennials to engage, people in general, to engage in some of these things that culture has said is okay. I can't tell you how many times I've seen somebody share um, a quote or a statement, and then I go back to the source of where that statement comes from, and it's from a spiritualist or from someone who, you know, is a Wiccan, and someone just liked the quote and shared it, but didn't recognize that it came from a source that is, in, in our Christian faith, we wouldn't ever receive information from. Our source is the word of God. And so millennials are looking for interpretation of culture and how to engage with culture, what to connect with, what to disconnect with. They need those answers and we have to be clear on what the word of God is saying. Number eight, be creative. There is fun with Jesus. Let them know that as a Christian, 
you know, it's not all about the rules. There are rules, there are expectations, there are things that we have to do to to serve God, to to obey God's word. Um, but Christian Christianity is so much fun. Christianity, there are so many things that we can do. We have the opportunity to participate in. And there's so much life in God. There's so much life in living for Jesus. There's so much life in the word of God. And the parameters that he's given us is just to preserve us and to keep us and to keep us faithful to his word. But this this is a, a life filled with joy and happiness. And we don't have to look sour. We don't have to be sad. And we don't have to, you know, we can show the joy of the Lord and display it in everything that we do um, as millennials. And they need to know that being a Christian is fun. We can go skating. We can we can do fun things. We can have a good time. And I know that there are so many people who grew up in a church where they had all of these limitations that they could not, could not, shall not, shall not do. And not not many of them were biblical. Some of it was cultural. But we have to give them the truth of the word of God, not our own personal feelings. And one of the things that I always quote with millennials is just because it's lawful, right? Just because it's okay does not mean that it's expedient. doesn't mean that you should um, be a part of it. Just because you see everyone else doing um, whatever doesn't mean that you should be a part of it. You should, um, you should participate in everything. You have to be mindful of what the Lord has called you to do and what the Lord may have called somebody else um, to do. The scripture is all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. So some things you can do by law, but it's not wise to do. If you know, as a believer, there are certain things that are triggers that certain things that, um, you know, may lead you to sin, then, then you shouldn't do it. Number nine, this is so important. Listen to this. And I'm rolling through this because I know that you want this information. This may be a little bit longer than other podcasts, but that's okay. Good information relationship before correction, relationship before correction. So many times millennials enter into a church and, you know, the first thing that leader wants to do is to correct that millennial. Oh, you're, you know, why are you showing all of those tattoos? Or why is your hair color looking like that? And why don't you dress this way? Or why don't you look this way? And I always say, you have to be wise with how you engage with people in general, but particularly millennials who have no problem with, letting you know how they feel in that moment, okay? Um, because, again, they were not at the children's table. They were at the adult table. Um, I always say, and this is not literal, right? But I always say you got to hug a person before you correct them. And I mean, by saying that, I mean, you got to connect with them. You got to build a relationship with them. You, they got to know that you care about them as a person before you go co correcting and telling them what they can't do and what they can't be and what they, come on. Be wise and, and think about how you want to be accepted into the body of Christ, how you want to be loved. You know, I'll never forget being at a church where a young lady had on a, a skirt that the member considered uh, short. Um, and I heard the conversation about that person in the bathroom by an elder in that church. And I was saying, my God, will this person want to come back to the church if they were in the bathroom stall listening to this conversation? We have to be mindful of how we interact, how we engage, how we love people, um, how we correct them, how we treat them because, you know, of the way they look or how we feel people should dress. Like, no, you know, we have to tell the truth and love and correct them, but make sure you have a relationship with them. Don't make judgments on how they look or dress without seeing the gifts on the inside of them. 
The package may be different, but the Holy Spirit can reside and do the work. Allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in the package. Number 10, discipleship is more than Sunday morning experience. Listen to me. Discipling them is everyday living. So one of the things that I have endeavored to do is to make sure that I address certain things on Facebook, Twitter, social media. Make sure that, you know, if there's something that I feel I need to say or address, I I will use that too. I will use the opportunity to tell them certain things. And then also discipling them in the word of God. Do a book study. Teach them the word of God. Um, you know, do a study on the book of Romans, teach them about salvation and what it truly means to be saved. Um, you know, teach them the gospel of Jesus Christ and discipleship is more than just giving a Bible study, but discipleship is really, um, training them in the ways of the Lord, training them in scripture, um, loving on them, correcting them, offering support, counseling them. This generation is not afraid of therapy. This generation is not afraid of wise counsel. This generation is not afraid of correction. You just got to know how to do it. Do it in love. Do it in care. Um, so there is another thing that I want to highlight. So Kevin on stage a few days ago, um, he did this um, post. And a lot of people responded. And I know a lot of my followers probably saw this and responded to it as well. But it, it says, what's one of the weirdest reasons somebody got mad at you or the church? And then he said, I'll go first. He said, when I was a youth pastor, a member got mad because I didn't make it to their child's graduation. And it was from kindergarten. And what I took away from some of these quotes was the fact that some people get turned off from church and from ministry because of the people or the different things that come along with being a part of a local church. But remember, the church is an organism. It's an organism of organization, I'm sorry, and an organism, it's a body, it's living, it's active, um, and you are a part of other organizations, and if you're a millennial and you're listening, and maybe you've been offended, maybe you've walked away from the church because of something someone said or something someone did, but recognize that anywhere you go, you may have to deal with offense. You just have to know how to deal with it according to the word of God and how to address certain things when you are offended. Don't just go and hide in your offense. Say something to someone so that they can support you. So I'm going to quote some of the things that were said, and I'm going to give you kind of like the headline of what that represents um, in the life of a person who could have been, you know, loved differently within the church. So this one came from someone um, who posted underneath that thread that Kev on stage posted. And it says, I don't go to church unless for certain special days like the holidays. I can serve the Lord perfectly fine and hear the word from the comfort of my home. Church can be such a vile environment. Wow. This is coming from someone who posted this randomly on the site, a millennial. And I think this comes from past hurt, dealing with different things that have come um, in, in that individual's life from being a part of a church. You don't want to be the, the, the reason someone decides not to come to church anymore. Um, you want to be the reason someone says, oh, I want to come back and I want to not only come back to that church, but I want to be a part of what God is doing there because of the way you receive them, because of the way you love them. Here's another quote that came from that thread. I was new at church, took my seat, and one of the members had a fit that I was sitting in her seat, in quotes. Mind you, this wasn't any of the mothers, deacons, deaconesses of the church. It got so bad that they had to get a deacon involved. I was really hurt that 
even took place in the Lord's house. Now, this is something that's a challenge too. You know, we have people who are territorial about where they sit or, you know, the position they're in. And, you know, if anybody comes in and tries to, you know, I guess, quote unquote, take their spot, they are going to say something. And, you know, territorialism in the body of Christ has drove people out of the church. We have to be mindful of, of that and be mindful of what our motives are in doing what we're doing. You know, it's just a seat. Find another spot, find another seat. But it has happened before. Here's another quote. Girl got mad at me because the guy she liked for years showed her no attention and I came to the church and now he is the father of my daughter. I don't know. I didn't know she had a problem till one day during youth ministry service, pastor got up and said, if you have a problem with someone, go and hug them and pray. She came to her for a hug and um, she didn't even understand um, that this person was offended. Spirit of offense will drive people out of the church. And if you see a millennial who kind of steps away, ask them, what happened? What, what, what led you to leave the church? What led you to walk away? What is it? You know, engage with them. Here's another one. Um, says after service, we were serving a cheese uh, or cheese board with crackers and meats, like um, a, a, a charcuterie um, board. Um, anyway, the head of this ministry got mad at me because there were some crackers that weren't presented on its front side. Petty. Okay. So this person got upset with the other person simply because the crackers were not flipped this certain way. Hey, be mindful of the way you're treating people. Here's another one. And this is our last one. Someone, a leader got mad at my husband because a hungry man came to the door of the church in the middle of a meeting looking for food for his family. And the someone turned the man away. So the other person turned to, turned the, the man away. My husband confronted the someone with scripture. Basically, what would Jesus do? And the someone told him, never step to him with scripture. So this is a, that was a turn off to that individual because uh, we are the church and we are to be servants to our community and people around us. And if someone is asking for food, why not feed them? That shouldn't be an issue. Um, millennials are looking for churches with missional mindset. Millennials are looking for churches that give to the poor, that are not just takers, um, you know, that are one to give, who support the ministry, who support the body of Christ. Millennials are looking for ways that they can be a part of the mission of the gospel of Jesus worldwide and the mission of your local body. They want to know that when they sow, that they're giving to missions around the world. They want to know that you're giving to Haiti or to Africa or to countries in need or to the people in your local community, to the local um, shelter, to the local um, family who needs it. They want to know that there are opportunities to do those things. So it's important that we re-engage millennials um, and first and foremost, pray for them. Pray for your millennials, pray for them and let them know that you're praying for them. You know, send them a text message, let them know that you care, you support them. I know that I gave you a long list of things to think about it and do, but I think these things are necessary and we will continue this list as the year goes on. Um, as I mentioned in last week's episode, um, I've seen a decline in, in ministry to young adults and, and millennials. And I think one of the challenges is that this is a, a group who is transient. They're always on the go. They're constantly moving. You know, we have college students who go off to college. They come back. Some come back to church. Some don't. Some find other, um, you know, ways. Um, but the number one thing is, number one, to catch them before they go. 
um, to make sure they have the word of God in their heart because sometimes they can go off to college and get caught up in different philosophies or thoughts or different things that may come along, but also to be able to they keep them connected to the, the foundation of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, it's so important for us to reach them in the way that they can connect and be relevant, um, but also be prayerful um, so that you can have strategies. Now, I gave you strategies for what works in my context. This may not work in your context. It may be different for you. Um, but I want you to know that, um, you know, there are other churches out here who are doing the work and you can connect with and um, that want to serve the, the community of millennials. Um, again, um, be encouraged and know that this is a, a job that can be done. The, the Great Commission can be fulfilled um, in the lives of millennials, and we just have to be serious about the work that we're doing. Well, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Um, if you have any questions, comments, anything you want to add, please, 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 please email me at slaythegiantpodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook, Ashley Ramsey, or Instagram, she underscore slays underscore giants. Um, and there's so many different things. Uh, PKs, if you're a preacher's kid or you um, have a preacher's kid or you're a pastor, please, uh, you can go and uh, join us at the PK Summit. It's on my Facebook page. You can find out information about that. Um, God bless you all. I pray that you are encouraged today. And I pray that, you know, this has blessed you and that you are going to engage with the millennials of your local church. God bless you and enjoy your week. Thank you for listening to the Slay the Giant podcast. I know that you've been blessed. Maybe you've cried, laughed, or you've learned something. Whichever way, thank you for joining us today. I pray that as you go throughout your week, you'll meditate on what you've heard and you'll grow and continue to learn. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, please go to slaythegiantpodcast at gmail.com or you can go to my website at www.allramsey.org. Thank you and until next time, be blessed.